Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. This episode is sponsored by Sentinel Pension, a division of Falcon Winkler. Sentinel's main goal is to ease some of the painful burden of retirement plan administration. We offer comprehensive services with the goal of meeting your company's financial objectives while providing your employees with a path to retirement. For more information, visit www.choosesentinel.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to Louisiana Ladies. We're back and you know I made this mistake a couple weeks ago. I did like one final sip before. Oh, you did. We yep, called and, you out. And here we are again. <laughs> well, we can get some <laughs> ASMR. There you go. Well, Melissa is out at a conference this week, so Lainey and Kate are taking over. When the cat's away, once again, oh, the mice will we're play. Playing. <laughs> and we're back at the beautiful Eliza, so we're thankful for them hosting us and allowing us to use their beautiful space. I'm definitely glad to be back here. I mean, I enjoy the McClendon room. It is great. But the ambiance of Eliza is, um, you know, a little little different than our CPA firm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little different. So today we are joined by a fabulous guest. Kate, do you want to introduce our guest? So excited. So we've got Angela Decato from Estate Law Solutions, formerly known as Legacy Law. You may know her from Legacy Law, but after a rebrand... Yes. We are Estate Law Solutions. Welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so excited. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. This is a very different location than I was expecting. <laughs> Just <laughs> a little bit. For the listeners, they even gave me a menu, but I'm not going to eat today. <laughs> We've attempted that before, and it is difficult to it's eat, to eat and record. A specific day or a specific recording that requires food or alcoholic beverages. Yeah, there was one day we were where we were all a little off kilter and we needed both food and wine to like get us back on track. <laughs> but I was like constantly aware of food noises yes. as we were recording. That's what I'm concerned about. Yes. It was not as loud as I was anticipating it to be. I was surprised as well because I ate a few crunchy things and I was like, oh no, Lainey's going to be so upset when she edits this. But I never <laughs> heard. Bad. Okay. No, not at all. Well, there you go. Um, do you want to introduce our February book club before oh, yes. we get into it with Angela? Yes. So... Melissa did make sure that she texted us the book of February. Yes. And by the way, I know in January I mentioned that I would investigate in utilizing Goodreads for our book club. Oh, yeah. I figured it out. Yay. So we're not using the book clubs app anymore. We're now using Goodreads. Book Club Z. Are you a reader, Angela? Yes, I am. Avid reader. (laughs) I feel like people use Goodreads more, so I wanted it to just be a little bit easier to find. So if you go to Goodreads, there is the option to look for groups. Our group is just called the Louisiana Ladies Book Club, and it's a public group, so anybody can join it. Melissa and I are moderators, so we're going to be watching to make sure everything stays fun and safe in there. Um, And then if you have any difficulty finding it, if you just friend me, it's just my name, Lainey Edelman, on Goodreads, I can add you as well. Awesome. So the February book of the month is called Room by Emma Donahue. 
And there was, um, I believe, an Oscar-winning movie. I, oh. I don't I, – I remember yeah. it won a lot of awards. I want to say it won – It says now a major motion picture. Yeah. And it was a few years ago um, okay. that it was made into a movie. And it was um, highly acclaimed. Lots of awards. So people may be familiar with the movie or heard about it. But – because I was kind of surprised. I didn't realize that it was based off of a book. I had never even heard of the movie. Okay. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> Step ahead of me. But I will update the book club to reflect that book. And Happy hopefully reading. we have some more participation now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Well, thank you for setting that up. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's what we keep you here for. Awesome. Okay. Well, now that we've got our business done, we can focus on our guest. So um, based on a few answers on your questionnaire, I'm really excited to hear about your journey. Um, but I want to start from the beginning. So where are you from? Which beginning? I have a few beginnings <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I am original. I'm from Darrow, Louisiana. Okay. That's where I was born. Uh, that's where I was raised. It's a farming community out on the Mississippi River, yeah. down in Lower Ascension Parish. Okay, and how long were you there? Grew up there, or did y'all move? I grew up there. I was actually born in Miami, and oh, wow. um, when I was very little, my my parents packed everything we had into a, an old truck that said "sod" on the side of it, <laughs> and I took all of our earthly belongings there to Louisiana, where my my dad's family was. Okay, and I was going to say with a last name like Decato, I would think yes. you you're, you you are from Louisiana, you know, roots. Yes. yes. So. Well, my maiden name is Emil, H-I-M-E-L. Oh. It was actually German with Himmel, but with the French influence in southern Louisiana, it wasn't considered something that was nice to be of German de- descent. Uh-huh. It, was, it was more acceptable to be of French descent. Okay. So they changed it to email to make it sound oh. like it was French. Now it sounds like electronic mail, but it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the history lesson. Awesome. So y'all moved to Louisiana. You grew up there. Um, what about high school and college? Uh, Where yeah. did your journey take you? Great to be a country girl, barefoot, pigtails my entire life. I love the country life. I went to high school, uh, East Ascension High School. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so kind of getting a little bit of a spoiler, I know that law school came into the picture, but much later. So um, what happened prior to law school, and how did we get to a decision to go? And am I reading this right? You began law school at 55. That's correct. Like, I need to- <laughs> I need to hear how, because that's a big undertaking, and you know, and yeah, I need I need to hear about it all. Fill me in okay. between <laughs> EA and law school at fifty five. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, um, growing up on the farm, going to college or anything like that as a female in the South Country, it was completely unheard of. My mom had not graduated high school. My grandmother had not graduated high school. The women in the family usually got married before high school was finished. So that was really the magnum opus. That was your greatest work is to grow up, get married, find a man that can support you, right? Mm -hmm. Going to college wasn't even a thought. It wasn't something that I even considered doing. When I graduated high school, I really thought that was it. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. I've, I've made it. I've arrived. I've achieved something that other women in my family hadn't achieved. So then I settled in, got married, had children, 
started doing different things. I always was a big achiever. Mm-hmm. I love to achieve great things. I, I went to a church. I would help remake a lot of things and make it better. Yeah. Uh, so I liked making things better, and I really had a heart for families as well. So my life journey took me uh, with my family, with my children. I was a devoted mother and, and, and parent and wife. And over the years, I developed certain things, and I enjoyed I was doing, uh, we were doing a lot of flipping of houses. So we'd buy and sell okay. real estate. I never was a realtor, but we would, I would initiate all of that. Yeah. Uh, so I did all that, brought in houses. We flipped it. I organized all the people and the manufacturers and that kind of thing. Did all that, and I wanted to move into commercial real estate. That was the big next step. In addition to that, I had also started and grew a nonprofit I was oh, wow. known around the world as the person who would help families. I started out in my just in my kitchen. Wow. People started calling me, and then there were just too many phone calls. And I said, well, what should I do next? Maybe I should have an event. Uh, you have to understand, I, am, I was never a person that was a public speaker. I tried public speaking in school. They accidentally shifted me into the speaking class, and I lasted all of about five minutes before mm-hmm. I ran out of the class. So speaking in front of people was not a gift that mm-hmm. was just inborn in me, inborn in me. But I had a passion for people, and I wanted to do something for these families, and I helped them in their relationships as far as their husband-wife relationship, parenting, and management of time and assets. Mm -hmm. So we did, and I made all that up because (laughs) (laughs) I just talked to people and found out what they needed. Yeah. And then I found experts that could help deliver what they needed in these events. So I had huge events in Alexandria, Louisiana. I was looking up pictures today. Uh, Hundreds of people would come, family. Parents would come with their kids. The average family had about five kids. And how did that happen? That was an unintended consequence. So yeah. because people began to fall in love with parenting, they realized that that was a great gift to give to the world. And we did. I did that for 10 years. Loved every minute of it. Never took a penny. I was also unmarried at that time, about 32 years. And all of those great things were happening, and I loved my life. And I was about 50 at the time. Mm -hmm. And within a week, all of those wonderful things went away. The nonprofit hit a snag, and all of the following, and all of the people that adored me Mm -hmm. and gave me my purpose all went away, basically overnight. Wow. On a Wednesday, that was like on a Monday or so, and next earlier next in the week, and I, I get mixed up of which went which. I know my husband came in last, but those two came in earlier in the week. Then the next step was I got a call from the realtor. We were investing. I was heavily invested, mm-hmm. more so than I should have been looking back, but who knows then. Yeah. But I was really invested in this commercial property and ready to move forward, and we were right on the edge of signing the deal and getting the deal. That fell through and took our money with it. Wow. So in all of that, I was teetering on the verge of bankruptcy. And in that last of the week came in. My husband came in early. He never comes in early. I'm sitting at my desk because I work from home. Mm -hmm. And he said, we need to get a divorce. I'm ready to divorce you. So within one week, 
my entire life, all the great pillars of my life just were gone. Wow. And I was faced with having to remake myself. I was a devoted wife, a mother. I had a ministry. I had a great business opportunity. And all of that just went away. And it wasn't for the same reasons even, the different mm-hmm. reasons. And so I did what a lot of very strong women do. I laid on the couch and I cried for a long time. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Very long time, longer than I'd like to admit. And guess what? Not a single thing happened mm-hmm. that was positive while I laid on the couch. And finally, I just heard my mother's voice. Okay, Angela, you got to get up and get going. And I really didn't know what to do. How how was I going to rebuild and remake myself in this new season? Children were grown. I didn't have little ones at home. My original purpose was gone at the home. My other purposes that I had created were gone. Now what? Mm -hmm. So then I decided to do something. Well, here's the thing. When you're at the bottom, there's only one way to go, and that's up, yeah, right? Everything right. else is positive. Yeah. There's an, a tremendous amount of opportunity. Now the slate is clear. There are no obstacles in your way. And it was when I embraced that and realized that, the world was out there for me. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do something that no one in my family had ever done, and that's go to college. The men had not gone to college either. Wow. Women had gone to high school. Mm -hmm. So for me to even think to attempt that was breaking not a glass ceiling now, a steel concrete reinforced ceiling (laughs) (laughs) that I had to break. So I did. Took me two years, three months, and about five days. Wow. And I graduated with my four-year degree. Wow. That's incredible. And I was a person who had told myself, all of the belief factors that have been implanted in my brain over the time, culture, other things, outside influences, had all told me I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. But guess what? It was all lies. Yeah. Every bit of it was a lie. And when I stopped believing that, I started achieving what I was meant to do. So I went to school. When I finished law school, I had already built up our real estate investments mm-hmm. up back to a million dollars. Oh, wow. So I went from zero to a million. Nice. So that happened. And then I decided, well, maybe I just need more teaching. Maybe I just need more instruction on how to speak and how to talk to people. Maybe that was the problem with the nonprofit. Maybe that's my calling. I need to go back there. Mm-hmm. So I started learning about coaching and speaking, and in a coaching experience, you open up in a way that you don't open out on a normal daily basis. Let's face it. We all have masks. Mm-hmm. We all wear them. What's the biggest lie that we all say? How are you doing? Fine. Yeah. You know, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) We lie every single day. We're all hiding a lot of pain behind our smile, Mm -hmm. right? But in a coaching experience, and I I absolutely recommend this, I actually went through the coaching through John Maxwell. I'm a certified John Maxwell coach and speaker. So I can do life coaching as well as speaking. kind of do that already in my law practice. You are a coach when you're, you're yeah. an attorney. 
So I kind of spoiled it a little bit, but you did too. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next step, I'm in the coaching program, and the coach says, if you could do anything and be anything, what, could, what would it be? And in the coaching experience, you are completely open. You're no longer wearing your mask. You no longer, those drivers that were driving you before aren't there anymore. And so I said, and I don't even know why I said it, because if you had ever asked me in all of my years of life, 55 years, would never have said this, but I said, I'd be an attorney. And immediately, those liars started to tell me, mm-hmm. I can't do it. I mean, look, you cannot tell those things to a coach, okay? Yeah. The coach is going to call you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to have these excuses, and I'm trying to tell her, no, I can't do this. And she said, yes, you can. I said, it's too late. I'm old. I got all these excuses. She said, why not you? Why not now? Yeah. I said, okay. I will show her that I cannot do it. So I'm going to apply. <laughs> First, I have to take this test, and it's just letters. It's not even a word. It's called LSAT. I don't even know how to spell LSAT. I've never heard of such a thing. But, okay, I'll sign up, and I'll go take this thing. So I did. Cold turkey. Took it. Passed it with enough to actually get accepted into Southern Law School. Wow. Yes. The rest of the journey is kind of interesting because I had told myself so many years these lies, and I didn't realize it. So here's what's interesting about what we do in life. Every day we do things in a subconscious type of mindset. Mm -hmm. So the experiences we've had in life are like grooves in a record. So that when we begin to walk in life, I mean, I don't know. If anybody has a spouse, they know they've experienced this. You do things, you don't know why you did it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like grooves in a record. If and I'm telling my age here. You put, the, <laughs> you put the needle on a record, and you turn on the machine. The record goes around in a circle, and the grooves tell the needle where to go. Mm-hmm. And certain music comes out. depends on how the grooves are designed in the record, right? You do things every day, and you don't even know why you do it. If you have a spouse, spouse will say, why'd you do that? And then you say, well, I don't know. <laughs> and then it brings your awareness, right? Yeah. So for so many years, I had these patterns, these grooves in my behavior, in my mindset, in my thinking, my processing, were continually telling me I wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough. I can't do it. I just graduated with my four-year degree in two years. Yeah. Surely I could make law school, right? I could do it. I was so deceived that I had actually written, and I wish I had my binder with me today, but it's a pink binder, and anyone who went to a school with me knows, I had typed out on my computer, yes, you can. And I I put the graduation date on the bottom, and I would take, I put all my papers in there, and I took it out every day, and I looked at it, confirmed with myself that I could do it, I could do it, I could do it. I love that. As I'm journeying along in law school, the strangest thing began to happen. I began to get really sick, really sick. I'm a healthy individual. Mm -hmm. Felt like I had the flu. And I thought, well, maybe because I'm around so many different people, I'm not used to it, the structure, the timing, maybe it's my body, I don't know. I go to the doctor, and the doctor said, you don't, let's test you for the flu. No, you don't have a flu. 
Here's your steroid shot, shot, go on. Another month, same problem, same problem, over and over and over. Finally went back to the coach and did a mindset check and we figured out what it was. What it was is that I had told myself I couldn't do so many things. I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't good enough. All of the lies were still in my head, even though physically I was moving my body forward mm -hmm. into this new season. I was remaking myself in the new journey. And most people don't tell you these things. When you're re remaking, when you're remaking yourself and creating an entire new life for yourself, you still have old garbage and baggage you're dragging with you. And you have to let go of that baggage. And most of it's mindset. Mm -hmm. So the problem is that my mind was telling me no, even though my body was saying yes. And the two were fighting against each other so much that it was giving me physical uh, problems mm -hmm. in my body. and was manifesting itself into exhaustion. I was going to say you were probably exhausted. I was. I was. When I found that out, though, mm -hmm. here I am, a 55-year-old. I'm not getting younger. <laughs> when I got, I got rid of that, mind, that thinking, that wrong thinking that was pulling me backwards, it went away. I have more energy now. I am 61 years old. I have more energy now than I've had when I was in my 50s yeah. or 40s. Well, doesn't that just prove how powerful our minds are? Mm -hmm. Very powerful, yes. That you went to a physician and they couldn't even tell you that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, just medicines. So um, as I continued to journey in my in my new life, I just, I would try to, I was thinking about what would I do? What would be, you know, my next step? Okay, I'm a lawyer, but I'm also a speaker and well, how does that going to fit in with my nonprofit and how I will go back there? Well, all in all, my life wasn't meant to go back. My life was meant to move forward mm -hmm. into this new season. And then I began to embrace it. I said, okay, well, all right, now what is my purpose? What, what will drive me every single day to move forward in this new season? And I thought back to an incident that happened when I was a little girl. So we were Cajun, fun family, just like on the movies. Cajuns are stereotypically fun people. Yeah. They laugh, they joke, they play, they have so much fun. My dad played the guitar and my husband played the fiddle. It's just like a movie. We I'm would laugh. <laughs> we would laugh, we would sing. At every holiday, we would get together at my grandmother's house and just have so much fun. Just, I could always remember the laughter and the singing and the dancing. And then one day, all of that went away. And I didn't quite understand, why are my aunts now angry at each other? Why are some people not happy? And why are they fighting? Mm -hmm. What's wrong? I mean, why did this happen? It wasn't anything that, I mean, I knew that I did, or I saw someone mm -hmm. do. Just all of a sudden, the emotion was volatile yeah. and I just didn't understand why I began to inquire and find out well it turned out that my grandfather had gone and gotten a will and it wasn't really well thought out when the secession it came for the secession after my grandfather passed it absolutely destroyed our family so when I looked back and thought well what could be my purpose mm -hmm. I love families 
I did it for 10 years. I did it. I actually did it more. I pour and invested into families my entire married life. Oh, and by the way, this June 28th, what is this, 2022? 23. 23. Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm still in 22. Yeah, yes. me too. 2023, we will have been married 43 years. Wow. Same husband. So in my new journey, I also remade our marriage. Oh, wow. From it was really a mess into that one pinnacle day forced us both into reality and realized that what we had built wasn't any good. It was time to go back and rebuild that as well. Wow. Well, no, so, probably both had to remake yourselves. We did. To yeah. then remake that marriage. Correct. We both did, yes. So, um, so my purpose now is to invest in families still, but in a different way. So now every day I get up, and I'm so excited to get up every morning. I put on my little cape, and I say, who can we protect now? Who, what family am I going to save? Because in an estate plan, I mean, if, when I speak in an audience, I ask for a show of hands, how many people know of someone or have been affected by a bad secession after the death of a loved one? Every hand will raise. Yes. Everyone either knows of someone or has experienced it themselves. Right. And it is traumatizing. You know, um, I've never experienced it myself, but I have watched a friend go through it. Um, and, you know, her father passed away unexpectedly without um, a plan. Oh. And... Um, it's almost even like hard for me to talk about because it was so destructive to so many relationships and like tragic is just the only adjective that I can use to say what it looked, what it looked like and still looks like years later. Um, That's so sad. I see yeah. that all the time. We get calls now of contested secession and I wish they had called me before to create a good estate plan yeah. that's thought through the whole process because we have some unique laws in Louisiana and they were created in the 1800s. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't live like they do in the 1800s. <laughs> no. I, don't, right. I don't know anyone who does. Right. Yeah. So those are the laws and those are the rules that were going to take over your family mm -hmm. that were created years before your family was even created and they have no idea what your family dynamic is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I assume, I mean, like Kate, I haven't been through that personally, but emotions are already so high during that time. Everybody is grieving in their own personal way. And then to throw in financial aspects and all these other stressful topics, like it just sounds like a mess or yes. the potential to be a mess. Yes. I always tell families, if there is any breakdown in communication right now, I promise you it will not get better. Yeah. So you mix broken communication, pain, mm -hmm. and grief, and also money, the opportunity for gain that you didn't have to work for. Mm -hmm. Th that is a dangerous mix. So you put those three together, and then you have a lot of people are out there giving wrong advice. I, I've talked to many, many people that get incorrect advice, advice from attorneys. But here's the thing. A lot of attorneys, 
they do, and I have my air quotes up, guys, they do estate planning. But if you read on what they really do and you you look online at, at you know their designation, are they a family attorney and a criminal defense and mm-hmm. personal injury and all these things? And they do estate planning. I promise you they don't do it very well. That's mm-hmm. an additional thing they're doing in order to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. But estate planning is not glamorous. It's not. Oh, I'll never have my name on a billboard somewhere. <laughs> that's, not, that's fine. Right. <laughs> my joy is in seeing the families and watching their smile or probating an estate that I've created. And they tell me, Angela, this was so easy and thank you for making it easy and and i have ways that i can do it and they'll will create it and then i never see them mm-hmm. when the both parents passed i'll never see them again i can actually create an estate plan that is simple and easy so easy that you will never have to see me again yeah <laughs> well and i think it's such a testament you talk about your past work with your nonprofit and just always having a passion for families and i think that means that you're doing this for the right reasons. You want people to have those mended family relationships and to truly help people. Yes, yes. And it's a huge, it's like a ministry to me mm-hmm. because yeah. it's such a need. And like I said, I, I can you can go into an audience and I'll ask for a show of hands and nearly every hand will come up that um, they know of someone or they have had some type of pain and anguish because of a um, poor estate plan. Mm -hmm. So you do some speaking on this as well. In addition to your practice, you do, um, like, are you a keynote speaker? Where could people encounter this? Uh, Yeah, well, actually, I just had a speaking engagement at Rest Haven Funeral Homes. Mm -hmm. So they invite me in to come and speak. There is an organization called Brand, this B-R-A-N, who's asked me to come and speak. Uh, I'm open to speak at different events or places if people want me just to speak about my testimony, my experience in life, or they want to, They a lot of people want to hear my story. Mm-hmm. So if they want to hear my story, I'm happy to you know, tell people my story. And also I'm happy to speak at events where there's an elder community, usually 55 and older, is our audience, and teach them the basics of estate planning. So I'm happy to teach them that because there's so much misinformation. I'm actually speaking in February at SALT in Ascension Parish. That's seniors and lawmen together through the Ascension Parish Sheriff's Department. Awesome. Yes, they have a monthly or quarterly so-ish event. I don't think it's regular like every something on the month I'm not really sure but you can look them up online but SALT is seniors and lawmen together and they have regular events for for seniors and they have food and a speaker and I'll be the speaker in February. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about estate planning. Um, who who needs to be if somebody has not done this who needs to be doing it at what point tell us you know all the all the things about when they need to come see you and um because I'm sure you know people probably you hear people say I'm too young I'm too healthy yes yes (laughs) I all of the above I don't have that much money I don't have that many assets you know so tell us about who who needs to come talk to you so all ages need to come to me 
So for I think the biggest misnomer about estate planning is when you say the word estate. So people, a lot of people think about uh, that TV show Dallas. Mm-hmm. We nicknamed it Who Shot JR? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we say, well, that's an estate, mm-hmm. right? We all in our minds say that's an estate. An estate is all the things with your name on it. So if you have a boat, a trailer, a house, a car, think of all the things that have your name on it, your bank account. All of those things belong to your estate. So if you have something that has your name on it, you cannot pass it to the next generation or the, your heirs or the people you wish unless you create specific paperwork. If you don't, Louisiana will decide where it goes. But if you want to decide where your things go, then you need to create in a will. Please, please get an attorney. In Louisiana, you can do a handwritten will. It's called an olographic will. Mm-hmm. It is the most litigated piece of paper on the planet. I actually have one right now pending in court. We cannot push it through. We'll have to go through the intestate laws, which is the laws of Louisiana. And here this poor woman wrote out her wishes in the olographic will. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You write it out. Is it in proper form? Is it written correctly? Judges and judges like legal language. Mm-hmm. Most lay people don't speak in legal language, nor do they know how to write it in a form. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to take care of your family, you really want to protect them, create a good estate plan. There's wills, there's trust, there's all sorts of ways to, to create a plan for your things to go in the place to the people they want. So estates, an estate, that's number one. Do I have enough? Did you know that in Louisiana, even if you have $50, it has to be probated? Wow. Yes. (laughs) Other states have this, like, I don't know even what the rule says or what the law is called, but if you have a very small estate, $100, $50, $500, then the bank just signs it over to the heirs. Just like that, mm-hmm. and but not in Louisiana. Everything has to be probated. Now we have different levels of probate. One hundred twenty-seven thousand or less, I can do something called a small secession. More than that has to go a, a different direction. Mm-hmm. But we do have those two tiers. But it's one hundred twenty-seven thousand or less. If you have a hundred dollars, it has to be probated. Wow. That's another thing that most people don't realize. They think, well, I'll just and. Th- I'll just tell my kids Mm -hmm. they can have it and they can just go to the bank. So if you're from another state, most people don't realize. Another thing people don't realize is that property, a house, land, is called immovable, like non-movable, immovable property in Louisiana must be transferred in writing with specific documents. And that writing has to be placed in a certain place. And if all those things don't happen, that property is not transferred. We get calls all the time with people that say, well, my aunt said that I could have the property. Mm-hmm. How did she say it? She can, you, it, can't, it can't be words that you say. Mm-hmm. It has to be written. It has to be in proper formatting. It has to be properly documented. It has to be properly deposited in the proper place 
and recorded in order to be a proper transfer of property. So if you really want the house to go to Little Junior, you need to have an estate plan that shows that that, that property is going to be transferred at, at death. So uh, another thing, so am I too, I'm too young. I've got young kids, I'm indestructible, right? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to your kids in the event that you pass? Well, let's see, you have a husband and wife couple. You travel all the time. You ride in the car all the time together. What would happen in the unfortunate incident? One of you passes and the other is incapacitated. Mm -hmm. Then what? Do you have a plan for the kids? Or the state will have one for you if you don't have one lined up. And there is a way that you can create an estate plan that will take care of your children in the event something happens. Special needs. If you have a child with special needs, then you definitely need to have a special estate plan for that. And we can handle those as well. Because if they are on government benefits, and you want to take care of them long term and leave an estate for them or leave a certain amount of funds for them to take care of them long term, if they inherit those funds the wrong way, they lose all their government benefits. So there's a lot of... <laughs> yeah, there's so much to consider. You know, a lot. And I'm thinking too, like, you know, we've kind of gotten to a point just, I guess, as a society that we don't bat an eye at once you're a professional and you're off your parents' payroll that you set up life insurance, right? Like, you right. know, we all do. We think about those parts of the future, and it's, it sounds like this also needs to be, you know, something that we all think about even if we're, you know, young and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but maybe – you know, this is me like coming from a like, let's scare them straight. Like, what, <laughs> what is the risk of not having a plan, you know? And um, mm. we've kind of touched on like family turmoil that can result. And you've also mentioned twice that um, plans might be made for you if you do not make your yeah, own. That was going to be my question as well is what will happen? Yeah. Where oh. will these assets go <laughs> yeah good question so there is a word it sounds like a dirty word it's called usufruct in louisiana that's the word that destroyed my family what happens in louisiana is if you have children and you have community property so all the property everything you purchase at the time of your marriage is assumed community and all of that has to go through the succession process each of you own one half. So if you take a chainsaw and you cut the house in half, you cut the bank account, the car, each of you own one half of that asset. Interesting. So is this also what's referred to as community property? Is that the yes, same thing? Yes, it's community okay. properties. Yes. So if you're familiar with a divorce and how you had to split the community property, yes, each person owns and it's called an undivided one half interest. So let's take the chainsaw, visualize a house Take the chainsaw, cut it in half. Mom owns half, dad owns half. What happens if dad is no longer here with us? Mm -hmm. What happens to his ha half according to Louisiana law? Well, Louisiana in their ingenious mind thought of, let's divide that house into different rights. There's the usus, the fructus, and the abusus. So there are three layers, like a three-layer cake. So now you're 
visualize the house in three layers. Uses, that's using it like a tenant would. Mm -hmm. Think of all the rights that a tenant has. Can't sell it, can't do any major repairs, but you could use it. Mm -hmm. Fructus, a landlord, like he gets the rent from something, so it's like that. So you can get rent from it, you can use it. The living spouse has that usufruct. It's called, we pronounce it usufruct. They have those two layers. So now mom owns her half of the house plus two-thirds, basically, mm-hmm. of dad's part of the house. Guess what the kids own? Kids own a naked ownership. What does that mean? It means you cannot sell it. You can't rent it. Who is responsible for all the major repairs? Air conditioner goes out, needs a new roof. Kids. What if the kid is two years old? Mm -hmm. Guess what? That kid is responsible for those major repairs. Really? Okay. Now let's get complicated. I was going to say, what what (laughs) if it's like a spouse that's a stepmom and... Oh, those are fun. Get Take my card. We make lots of money on those. If you didn't use me for the estate plan, please take my card and remember my name and number. So let's go further in the usufruct. So you all have it in your mind, the three Mm -hmm. layers of the house. Mom has the usus and the fructus. Kids have naked ownership. What if those are adult kids? What if one of those children passes away? Now guess who you own the house with? Your grandchildren. Oh, wow. That's what happened to my grandmother. She was living in poverty and didn't have two nickels to rub together, as we used to say back in the day. She was ailing in health. She ended up living to 108. Wow. So she was in her 80s at the time, and a large corporation came to her and said, hey, you have this large piece of property on the river road. We want to buy it. Here's how much we're going to give, give you. It was more than she'd ever imagined she would ever have in her life. All of her children said, yes, mom, please sell the property. She had five children. Four were living. One was deceased. All four children said yes. The one who was deceased had three children. Two of those children said yes. One of them who lives in, lived in Lake Charles at the time never saw my grandmother. Well, I'm not even sure if he's still even living. He said no. Wow. He refused to sign the papers. They must sign. They must show up to the table and sign the papers. Mm-hmm. She couldn't sell the property. She ended up living in poverty for the rest of her life in a nursing home where nobody knew who she was. I mean, we as family went to visit. Mm -hmm. There was nothing we could do. Yeah. It was so sad. So that's what happens to the usufruct part. And what else did you ask me? Another question. I'm I'm Uh, lost track. Oh, well, (laughs) I I just, you know, well, I threw in there, you know, because of, experience that I've seen when you do have like, you know, the spouse might not be, you know, oh, the yes. mother or the father step-parent. of the children. Yes. yes. And so then you have a spouse, you, someone has passed, their spouse then has half of the property and then as well as the 
usufruct of the other good. half plus then now and I'm just going to use the word her um, maybe I have someone specific in my mind but anyway um, <laughs> her then stepchildren and she are brought together by this situation where she can stay in the house she can live there and use it and stuff but then they own the yes. you know, it becomes, naked ownership of half yes. of the house and you know, and in some cases, you know, this might not be a relationship that people want to continue on, and but yet here you are together, you know, in a very complicated situation. Mm-hmm. Our One of our biggest calls is girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So the very first thing we do when we probate an estate, when the, the father of children have passed and he owns the house, is we evict the step. The girlfriend, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and it could be they were together for twenty years, thirty years, but they were never married, and it's not community property; it's his separate property. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. If it's community property, property, and you have uh, stepchildren or you have a blended family, it gets extremely complicated. Yes, yeah. because we're looking at a usufruct, where, like, what portion do they own, and what portion do the kids own? So the kids are now coming in as a naked ownership mm-hmm. in half of the house with someone else. Let's say that what if she remarries or mm-hmm. what, it just gets more and more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably our last thing that we get a lot of calls from is people that assume that property has passed. Like I, I said, all property must pass through the succession. If it has your name on it, a title on it, it has to go through the succession in order to be transfer the mm-hmm. ownership, um, legal ownership to the heirs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, you know, just from having seen situations and, you know, the one with my friend really hit me, you know, um, especially when you talked about the way that your family was with so much joy and laughter and music and all the things. And when I think about her family growing up, and, um, you know, just how lovely things were and where flash forward 30 years, where things are now. Um, and a lot of that other things came into play along the way, but in the past, you know, gosh, I mean, it must've been five years now because there wasn't a plan and, you know, there were just a lot of contributing factors. And there's things, too, that are complicated that people don't even know. Like, if you are an LSU season, football season ticket holder, that has its own rules about, like, if you do not have a will, who it automatically goes to. And, you know, um, even that was a source of conflict. <laughs> and Well, the thing is that there is a lot of misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people have this idea of how a secession is supposed to be and, and how the distribu- distribution of assets is going to be. And everyone has a different view. And in the midst of ambiguity, that's where tension and stress mm-hmm. come from. So write it down. Get it correct in the record. Tell people exactly what you want. Get a good attorney to do it. You're, oh, here's the other thing that I forgot to tell you. So I was talking about you can't verbalize transfer of ownership uh-huh. it has to be it has to take place a certain way 
One thing that I get a lot of calls for, and we can't really do a whole lot about some property. We, we're working on helping some people, but it's called air property. So what people do is they will believe that the property, the house, is transferred to them, and they'll live on it and start paying the taxes on their property. Mm-hmm. And some people pay taxes for 30 years. That does not transfer ownership or give them any rights whatsoever to the property. Wow. So unfortunately, I have to tell them, I'm sorry, the house is not yours, the property is not yours, and no, you cannot kick your cousin, your your sibling, mm-hmm. you cannot kick your sibling off the property because your sibling has as much rights as you because it goes by intestate law from your parents down to siblings. So, um, yeah, that's another thing that we get calls for, and, and there's been a few people that... Back in the day, and a lot of them are farmers, just like my family, land meant everything Mm -hmm. to us. To be able to pass down land to your family, what an honor to do, what a great thing, worthy things to do for your family. There's property all over the Mississippi River, country farms, that can't be probated anymore because we can't find the heirs. Wow. That's incredible. So um, I do want to, hopefully we've scared everybody to plan ahead of time. Yes, right? please plan ahead you of know, time. Because, so that's what I want to focus on now is, now that we've got everybody nice and scared, <laughs> um, you know, how to avoid these situations. And I want to talk about your firm and so, you know, how it got started. And on your questionnaire, you said you wanted to shout out your team. I want to hear about your team. <laughs> and just so tell us about starting your firm and how it grew and then um, your team. And then lastly, how do we get to you so that we don't have any of those scary things and family turmoil that we've told everybody about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love my team. So to back up a little bit of how I started the firm as I was going to law school and I thought, how would I create a firm? What do I see out there? What are people getting and how are they getting to attorneys? Is there a way to upgrade that? Because mm-hmm. in my family, country family, we didn't go to attorneys and I began to learn about the law. I thought, Everyone needs to have an attorney. Usually people with attorneys, people have large estates. Well, middle class, even upper middle class, doesn't frequent an attorney's office, usually. So how can I change that? So I thought about some of the ways and methodologies that we utilize attorneys and how we've used it in the past. What did we have to do? We had to get in the car, drive through traffic, go to an attorney's office, very fancy, ornate, intimidating, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And we go in there, and an attorney gives us all of this legalese, and then we get a bunch of paperwork, and we don't understand anything. And we have to sign some paperwork. We still don't even know what we have. So my idea is to educate clients, so we, and also to create a platform in which it was it's easy mm-hmm. for clients to get with us and our attorney and our law, attorneys and our law firm. So we have an online presence. All of our clients have an online portal. They message their attorneys through the portal. Our staff messages them. They put their documents on the online portal. They can review documents online. 
they e-sign everything. Mm -hmm. We have some people, there was one young lady, she was young, and I really felt sorry for her because both her mom and her dad had passed. And she was less less than 30. Yeah. She was very afraid, very concerned. What what do I do? Mm -hmm. She gave me a call and I said, look, if you it's okay, we'll walk you through the process. So I told her about the process. I told her we had online platforms. And if she wanted to, all she had to do was send us the documents that we requested, place them online. The attorney will create her design, her attorney will create her petitions and her paperwork to process the secession. Oh, we have mobile notaries as well. The mobile notary went, so we did that. That's what she did. She never came in the office. I've never physically seen this person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She posted it all online. Our attorney attorney team and paralegals took the documents, created the petitions. We filed it with the proper court. Oh, I'm sorry. We sent it to the mobile notary. The mobile notary had her sign all the documents. Then we filed it with the proper court. After, at the end, we had the paperwork, we mailed it to her, or we can either mail it to them or we can give it, leave it in the office and the client can pick it up physically if they want to. Most people just want to pick it up, mm-hmm. but if they're somewhere out in the, sta- the state that's far away from Gonzales, Louisiana, or Mandeville, those are two office locations, then we can just mail it. And uh, we have several secessions that we process and we can process a secession anywhere in Louisiana. And they just post their stuff online. We, cre- we create all the documents, send the mobile notary out, they get it all signed, send it to the court, it's finished. And we can do our basic secession takes 30 days or less. And anyone hearing my voice right now knows if they've executed a will, it's, not, it's taken a lot more than 30 days. So my incredible team is, what makes, is who makes that happen. Mm-hmm. I actually awesome. was going through the process today and so that we have a new person a law clerk who came on board, Austin. Hey, Austin, if you're listening, <laughs> great guy, level-headed, and all this crazy chaos. And I was explaining to him every all the steps that the client will take, online platforms, the mobile notary, how we get the documents to the clients, and how we process everything. And it was a very long process. So we take very good care of our clients mm-hmm. all along the way. And also, if you come to us for a basic succession, you have unlimited phone calls with our staff. Our staff is on call. You can call. We don't charge you anymore. Not wow. for the basic. That's incredible. Yes, I was that's different. Say, that is. <laughs> Working in our CBA firm, I, I, it's often comparable to a law practice where you're billed billable for the hours. Right, billable hours. <laughs> yeah, we have flat fees unless it's contested. And if it's contested, then we go to billable hours. But our flat fees, basic, and I say the basic is a car, a house, two cars, a house, and a bank account. Mm-hmm. That's our basic. Two cars, a house, and a bank account. You have those, then we can process your, your estate plan in 30 days or less. Now, if it starts getting contested, then it may be, make it longer. Yeah. But Olivia was the one part of our staff. She's the one who actually put in the application and she signed all the documents. She's our business development representative. You'll see her around. She's 
we were on another podcast. She gets me out all yeah, sorts Olivia of places. Olivia was the one that DM'd us on Instagram. To yes, wow. yes. She's quite tech savvy, and she finds people. I don't know where, and it's always a good fit. She loves to tell the story of um, the state law solutions and how we help families and protect families. So she she's out in the bow, and then we have the case management team. Though we have Clayton and Austin, who's helping on the case management team. We just recently lost a person. Um, She's just no longer with us. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Lindsay is the admin team. And what's interesting is our team works remotely, a lot of them. Yeah. So we just had a person. She was in the Philippines. She was the one that recently she just, the Internet in in over there is just not working for her and we have to have internet yeah so it wasn't like her yeah specifically our admin we have other people um she's in alabama olivia wow. works from home so we also have a more modern right. place to work and yeah. to live and breathe so if you have to go get something and pick up the kids or what have you yeah. we have that flexibility in the work hours as well yeah. so um it's it's Different type of law firm than most people can imagine. Well, I was going to say I actually really love that about your business model. One is that it's not intimidating because, you know, we're talking about, like, who is this for? And people a lot of times will make an excuse that this isn't for me. And, like, a big fancy law firm might be intimidating. And this is very approachable. The other thing, you know, I'm really – I'm a middle school teacher, so I'm really attuned to, like, people making excuses um, and why they can't do things <laughs> that they're fully capable of. But, you know, I mean, and we are, we're very busy work because as a society work follows us everywhere with email and whatever. So we always are feeling like, well, I don't have time. I don't have, and it sounds like you and your team make this incredibly efficient and convenient. And, you know, so there's almost like no room for excuses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's what's an interesting factor is I love data. One interesting fact is that when Airbnb came in, the, hotel industry was really worried mm-hmm. that Airbnb, VRBO would take all of their business. But the actual data shows that the people who are going to Airbnb is a totally new crowd. Mm-hmm. So the market for hotels is still the same, actually more so than before Airbnb came. Wow. So it's a whole different crowd. They created an environment for a whole group of people yeah. that wasn't served. So that's my intention as well, is to create a platform and an atmosphere for a people group that have not been served previously in the old style attorney right. firms. That's a great comparison. I, I love that, <laughs> for sure. Well, so how can people get in touch with you if they want to get started? Sure. Okay, they can go to our website. It's estatelawsolutions.com. That's solutions with an S. Uh, we also have our phone number is 225-396-5179. That's 225-396-5179. We're also on Facebook as well and Instagram. I'm a little slow on the Instagram because we keep Olivia out and about and not <laughs> at her computer right now. But the Facebook book, Facebook page is very, very active, and you can see on there some of our activities, our announcements, 
if we have an event coming up, we will announce it usually on Facebook as well. Awesome. And that. on Monday, when this episode comes out, I will make sure to tag and link all of your stuff on there so people can find you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, is there anything about estate planning that we didn't ask or we haven't touched on yet? Any, any final words of advice or nuggets that we need to know. I did like your quote from Dwight D. Eisenhower. If you want to share that as our parting thoughts, she said, well, he said, planning is useless, but plans are essential. That is so correct. Get your plans done by a professional. One final thought in Louisiana, because we're under the French influence, notaries have the same power as an attorney. The only thing a notary cannot do is appear before court. So a notary can legally create all the documents that I create, but you don't want a notary to do it. (laughs) There's value in expertise. There is value in expertise. If you get a notary, because I get those all the time, Mm -hmm. please take my card because (laughs) your family's going to need it. Just (laughs) along with the oligraphic will that you hand wrote, Mm -hmm. make sure that your your family and all has my card because they're going to need it at the time of uh, the secession. Wow. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. Get your plans. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. This was very informative. Very informative. (laughs) And I think it's going to be really good. And I think even if it just saves one family, you know, from turmoil, then. Absolutely. It's worth it. It's worth it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you, Lainey. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for being here and setting up the book club. Just love you so much. All right. Well, we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.